Welcome, this is Gary Ryan from Organisations That Matter and welcome to this episode of the Professional Development Series. This episode is titled, Communicate Important Messages Effectively. How are things going? asked we. Not so well, replied Juanita. What's up? Oh, my boss asked me for this report late on Monday, so I stayed back to complete it and emailed it to her straight away. It's now Friday and I haven't heard anything back from her. Obviously I did a bad job, but I don't know what I've done wrong, nor what I should do about it. Imagine if you were Juanita. Have you ever jumped to a similar conclusion? In this scenario, it is likely that Juanita will spend a lot of time worrying about her boss's reaction to her email. This is likely to distract her from focusing on her work, which could reduce the quality of her work. This could then lead to more worrying about her work, which could, over time, lead to lower and lower performance. In many ways, Juanita could create the very outcome that she doesn't want, that is, her boss seeing her as a low performer. There are many ways to manage this scenario after the event, but that is not the focus of this episode. The focus of this episode is about what Juanita could have done in the first place to ensure that her message to her boss had been received, therefore reducing her concern and worry that occurred in the scenario just described. Too often people rely on a single channel of communication when sending an important message. Communication channels are the various forms of communication that we use to send messages and include but are not limited to face-to-face -face conversations, meetings, presentations, telephone both landline and mobiles, television, Skype and other voice over internet protocol services, text messaging, intranet services, instant messaging, email, memos, letters which are the old snail mail, whiteboard, blackboards, brochures, flyers, Twitter, etc, etc, etc. There are many, many channels of communication. In Juanita's situation, she relied on a single channel, email, to communicate the very important information that her boss had requested. Email, by nature, is a one-way channel of communication until the recipient of the email decides to make it a two-way form of communication. Email is often used effectively as a one-way form of communication, but for an important document, email should not be the only form of communication used. Too many people seem to hold the following view about what happens when they press send for their emails. 1. As soon as I press send, my email will be received by the intended recipients of the email. 2. The recipients will receive and open my email immediately because my email is very important to them. 3. Not only will the recipients understand what I have sent to them, they will understand it in exactly the same way that I intended my email to be interpreted. Once understood, which of course it will be, the recipients of my email will take immediate action as a result of my email. And five, the recipients of my email will be thankful that I sent it to them and will respond accordingly. While these views are understandable, after all, a lot of us puts a lot into the work that we send out via email, they are fairly irrational. People don't sit around waiting for our emails to arrive in their inbox, just like we don't sit around waiting for other people's emails to arrive. Generally speaking, we're all too busy to be sitting around waiting for other people's emails. Please note that I'm not saying that we shouldn't send emails. Quite the contrary. Email is a very important form of communication. However, just because we send it, it doesn't mean that it 1. arrived at its intended destination 2. was received and fully understood by its recipients 
Three, that the recipients had the time and capacity to take the action on the email as we had intended. Having established that a single channel of communication may not be effective for important messages, consider this issue. Up to 70% of the written word has its meaning interpreted in a different way than intended by the sender of the message. This is known as a form of noise. Each of us uses our filters and other mechanisms such as our mental models to interpret the messages that are sent to us. With written forms of communication, it is very easy for us to listen to our own noise and misinterpret the intended message by the sender. In this context, it is very easy for email messages, even if they do arrive at their intended destination, to be easily misinterpreted. For this reason, email should not be the sole form of communication for important messages. For this reason, email should not be the sole form of communication for messages that contain potentially emotional content or content that is highly likely to be interpreted by the recipient in an emotional way. Again, when up to 70% of a message can be interpreted in a different way by the recipient of the email compared to the intentions of the sender, it just isn't worth sending such potentially damaging emails. Find a more appropriate channel to communicate such messages. While many people now say, yeah, I know that I shouldn't send emotionally charged emails, and yes, I know that I should compose my emails using correct grammar and spelling, a recent study highlighted that a little under 50% of employees had experienced problems because of misinterpreting messages sent via email. This causes a lot of down productivity time. Just before sending an email, it really is worth asking yourself, is email the most effective way of sending this message? If it is, what other communication channels should I use to ensure that my message is properly understood? Reviewing Juanita's scenario, she probably should have followed up her email with a quick phone call to leave a message that the email had been sent. In both the email and telephone message, Juanita could have included a short call to action requesting her boss to let her know that the report had been received. Why? because Juanita would explain in her short message that due to the importance of the report, it would be pertinent to ensure that it had not only been received, but that it included all the correct information. When given the request by her boss in the first instance, Juanita could have said something like, yes, I'll get onto that straight away, and I'll send the completed report to you tonight. I'll also follow up with you first thing in the morning to ensure that the report has been received and is exactly what you want. I can also provide a copy of the report on a USB stick and leave it on your desk if you like. Using multiple forms of communication increases the chances that important information will be effectively communicated. As this episode illustrates, many, many problems arise when important messages are miscommunicated. Therefore, when you next have an important message to communicate, consider the most appropriate channels that you could use to communicate your message as well as considering how you might proactively use those channels to communicate your message as intended. If you would like some assistance in putting into practice what you have learned from this episode, please feel free to contact us at Organisations That Matter. That's our website, orgsthatmatter.com. O-R-G-S-T-H-A-T-M-A-T-T-E-R.com or visit our online learning community if you would like to learn more with us at studentsthatmatter.ning.com. This is Gary Ryan, and thank you for listening.